Yes, Father God, we know we're in it, and you're in it with us. So we thank you, Lord, for victory. We thank you for defeating our enemy. We thank you, Lord God, that your will be done, O God, on earth, in and through us this day, as it's being done and declared in heaven, that you give us courage, victory, wisdom, and truth to walk, to stand, and having done all to stand and withstand in the evil day. I thank you, Jesus, that you defeated the enemy on the cross. When you died, you actually took victory over death at that point when you rose from the dead. The Father is faithful to keep you and bring you forth uh, into that place of newness of life. And life is in you. And we thank you for that life, the life, the gift of life, the gift of healing. Actually, our lives are a gift. And so we thank you, Father, for the gift of healing. We thank you for the gift of regeneration, deliverance, um, freedom. We thank you. You said you shall know the truth and the truth will set you free. So thank you for that gift of freedom and truth. And give us eyes today to see, ears to hear, and a heart not to be hardened. Remove the spirit of stupor, all spirits that would snatch or hinder or confuse or create doubt, which have in the past stolen from us our blessings. May they now be bound in the name of Jesus Christ. I thank you for the promise, Lord, that no weapon formed against us will prosper, that no word said, deed done, action taken will be able to be used by the enemy to bring forth any shame, trouble, destruction, reproach, or loss. Father, pray we pray this divine covering and protection over all of us. Our families, those who work for us, pray for us, love us, and have been included in the kingdom of God. For the remnant's sake, Lord God, for the bride of Christ's sake, we ask that you now move uh, with your truth to deliver your people, Father God. We ask for wisdom now, and may we speak as the oracles of God. Father, we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, I got an interesting topic for us today. Yeah, healing. What about healing? Yeah, what about healing? Everybody seems to have a different experience and opinion about what that's all about and why people don't get healed. And so we're going to do a two-part series actually on sicknesses, diseases, healing, what that's all about. You know, um, if you really want to stop and think about it, everything comes from, uh, you know, our concepts, our experiences. A lot of what we experience comes from what we believe, how we interpret what, what we experience and how we see those things. And to see those things in light of God's word and to understand God's word, a lot of times our experiences don't line up with what God wants or with what, what God says. And sometimes, you know, uh, experiences dominate. Yeah, and feelings. and Yeah, exactly. Uh, right. Um, mind, yeah. you know, concepts that we have. Well, because we're trained by them. Yeah. Um, they're established in our souls. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're trained by our experiences and our ideas and our opinions of things to rather, believe. Than, rather than by the truth. Yeah, and, and those experiences form the mind uh, concepts, the mind uh, mind believing. The mindsets. Thank yeah. you. That's how, the word how, I was looking how for. We, little word how like that. we approach life based on our experience. Mm-hmm. And you say, well, how can you argue with my experience? Yeah. Because, you know, I've seen Because this. it truly happened. Right. Mm-hmm. I, I lived, I've lived a long time. And uh, here's what I've seen happen over the time, and and you form a a, a concept, you formed a mm-hmm. um, way know, of like, being, like, like a mindset, and you just say, well, you know, this is 
way it, it is. is. It is what it is. Yeah. And the thing is, what we really should look at when we're analyzing um, our lives is not our experiences and if they really happen, because they really did happen for the most part. Um, but we should look at the fruit. What has come out of how we have held those belief systems in place with uh, our choices and our, and our um, words and conversations? But let's go to this. What about healing? You know, I believe that our concept of God is, is it critical to shape our thoughts about divine healing. And our thoughts on healing are determined, will determine the outcome of our prayers for healing. So if you're believing lies about healing, about God, about why you're suffering, why you're sick, if you're believing lies about that, um, the enemy is the one, the author of those lies. And he's the one who's going to use those lies to bind you and keep you from experiencing the true gift of blessing and grace that God wants to give you in healing. Well, you know, we can talk about this today and maybe in the next episode as well Mm -hmm. uh, about, you know, health. So here we have what health. Yes. Health because. But healing is health comes from obedience. Yeah. And and healing comes from getting in trouble. You need something to fix something that went wrong. So we have to understand for going back to the concept of God, how nice is your God? How supportive how understanding, how compassionate um, is the God that you're praying to for healing? If you're praying that this God will heal you when you believe it's God's will for some people not to be healed, you're actually asking God to do something contrary to his will. If you're believing you're supposed to be sick or sickness is there for, to teach you a lesson or it's a, it's a judgment or whatever, if you actually then dare to ask God to heal, you're asking God to go against his own purposes to which he had intended those healing, those sicknesses to bring forth in you training, teaching, um, uh, whatever. So we have a mixed concept of God for the most part. We really don't understand that God is good all the time and all the time God is good and everything isn't always good, but that's not necessarily God's will either. Our, our will and the enemy's activities enter in to make these outcomes very undesirable from time to time. So, but here, look at this. There are many God's who've come and gone in the world. You know, we know the pagan gods, the gods of mythology. And, and even today, we have many, many gods. Self is a big god, for example. Um, but we, we have attributed to these pagan gods and deities uh, mindsets, personalities, dispositions. Um, and, and, you know, most, all of them, not most of them, all of them are created in a, in a concept of fear. We're trying to get something from them. We're trying to make a deal with them, bribe them, worship them, give them food offerings, whatever we do to try to get them to um, give us what we need or want or that protection. Uh, so they're actually setting us up to hurt us and then they bribe us and, and bully us into giving them stuff so that they can protect us. So that all that means is they just withdraw their curse from us for a moment. But anyway, all these things, um, they're nothing comes from these gods unconditionally. Everything is conditional. Um, they're, uh, they're, they use their powers and their levels of control uh, over us. And that mechanism is fear. You know, what's going to happen to me? I, I need, in, in other words, we're making these gods who are lesser than us, greater than us, and giving them power over us because we're afraid we don't know the future. We don't know what's going to happen. We spe- and so people will spend their lives in an attempt to pacify mm-hmm. the gods yeah. that are angry yep, with them, the gods that are out to get them unless they do mm-hmm. something 
just right. Yeah, exactly. In form of sacrifice exactly. And we do behavior. that same thing to our God. We project onto him that exact mindset. I've got to be just perfect. I'm not good enough to get my healing. But so we make healing about something you can earn. And that's uh, we're always having to deal with these gods on that concept of earning, deserving, and and um, we have no concept of there being a blessing or protection or a healing that isn't earned, that isn't deserved. And so therefore the devil comes in and says, well, you don't deserve healing. Look at the sin in your life, etc." So we think the same is true of our, our father in heaven, but it is not. It is not. He's not like them. He's not like that. Um, you know, here's an interesting piece. God does not need anything from us to be who he already is. Hmm. He is self-contained, self-sufficient, and he's able to sustain himself and his character of love and goodness without our approval or our worship. He asks for our worship, but he exists without our you know, agreement or consent. And so God doesn't, these other gods, they were insecure. They needed worship. They needed food. They needed acclamations and and acknowledgments. Our God does not need that. He would like that. He wants to be in a relationship with us, you know, and he doesn't want us to be robots. But at the same time, he, he doesn't demand of us things so that he's okay because he already is totally secure in his goodness and who he is. Um, So God, our God does not play games with our lives or our health. He is the only one who doesn't. I mean, actually, all of these things people try to figure out about God to get get their healing, uh, to make him happy, it's not working because God does not require for us to beg him or bribe him. He is altogether willing and wants us to be healed. But we don't see him like that. We see him like we've been taught to believe, Jerry. We've been taught to believe that he's angry, unhappy, difficult, mad at us most of the time, upset that we've offended him. You know, God knows everything. He knows we're going to offend him. That doesn't mean give, that doesn't justify us in doing any of those things. Because actually, when we sin against God, we're sinning against ourselves because we're made in the image of God. Um, so um, he, he, uh, he is, we think he's hard to please, that his favors have to be earned, um, even physical healing. And so this is why a lot of people get in trouble um, they feel what guilty for their sin? Yeah, guilty for their sin. Well, you know, <clears throat> sin can hinder healing. Absolutely, H- hinder can bring on uh, diseases and sicknesses. Sin, yeah. that, that's why God said in Deuteronomy twenty-eight and mm-hmm. Leviticus twenty-six, He said, "Okay, uh, He said, if you do this, if it, you if you disobey Me and you go after these other pagan gods." Here's mm-hmm. what's going to happen. Yeah. So he's warning us mm-hmm. as a loving heavenly father. He's warning us, don't go into these places because there's going to be sickness. There's going to be judgments. madness and mm-hmm. disease mm-hmm. and judgments mm-hmm. and but the judgments and rotting. aren't. The, yeah, that's exactly right. But we have this literal interpretation. God says, well, if you don't obey me, I'm going to hurt you. Basically, all these bad things are going to happen to you. And so you better obey me. If you don't obey me, this is going to happen, and that's it. Well, bottom you th- line. You think of a parent, a, a decent <clears throat> parent. You know, if they're warning their kids about something, is, is it because they hate them? No, it's because they love them. Mm-hmm. They said, you know, you go into this realm. Mm-hmm. You know, you go into this realm, son, daughter. There's going to be lots of trouble for you. Well, so avoid going into that realm in the first place. Well, because the parent knows that in the world there's trouble. There's accidents, mm-hmm. there's bad things, and even some people go as far as believe there's a spiritual force against us in this world. 
And that's what God knew. He knew there was a spiritual force in Deuteronomy 28 uh, that was going to be against his people. And this spirit was just this evil force. The devil was just looking for a way to um, bring a demonic judgment upon those people, crush them, hurt them, make them sick. And so God said, stay away, keep, you know, stay within the perimeters of what I've built for you, the protections, and then the devil can't get after you. But if you step across that line and transgress and sin and go after heathens and pagan gods and worship them, then all these things are going to happen. And that's exactly what's happening today. People are very confused because we, we broke all the rules, stepped across the line, transgressed in every way. And now we wonder why all these bad things are happening. Yeah, it's why, not, why are so many people sick? In cancer and everything else. Well, it's not because God has changed. It's because the devil is in, all, in full force uh, bringing his demonic judgments of guilt, same sickness upon people because he can. Rejection of God and his truth and his ways brings us into Open doors. alliance yep, yep. with mm-hmm. Satan. Absolutely. Absolutely. So you're either going to agree with God and his goodness or Satan is, is and the Satan is evil, or you're going to wa- waver in that place of doubt, double-mindedness, not sure if God's good or not, and it's all up to me to be good or make him happy before I can get my healing. And so people's theology <clears throat> is really in the way. <clears throat> well, another thing, too, is that there's there's a theology that says, okay, Healing was that was something in the past. That was something that just Jesus did. Well, we'd make all kinds of excuses. All for God. kinds of weird theologies and and ideas that well, we or or we say today, oh, the only way you can be healed is through through drugs, surgery. Well, actually, those things community. don't heal. They only deal with symptoms. But going back to right. looking at the concept of God, we need to get straightened out. And I think one of the best stories that Jesus told about the father is in the story of the prodigal son. And he tells that story. I think it's in, uh, yeah, the lost Luke sheep, 15. Luke 15. And so here we're seeing he's explaining um, the bad behavior of the of the prodigal son who was um, demanding, entitled, wanted his inheritance, wasn't happy with what he had, didn't realize the good things he had, um, thought he needed more freedom, and so he needed his money, his inheritance to go off and do that. Well, that inheritance was coming as a gift from the father, you know, uh, and the son was receiving it because he was the son, and he wasn't the hired hand out in the in the bunkhouse. <clears throat> and so the father gave him his inheritance, and the son went off, as we would expect, and squandered it. He had all kinds of devious things and uh, prodigal living and whatever all that means, drugs, women, drinking, whatever it, was, whatever it was, until he became absolutely broke. Now, we see what the prodigal is doing, living in the pig pen eventually, but we also see that the father is not judging. He's not angry. He's looking down the road. He's He's longing for his son to come back. He has not changed in his love or his attitude towards his son. He's, he's, son. he's very um, sad or compassionate because this child has not believed in the goodness of the father. He didn't want, ba- he did not wait and say, well, I just can't wait till this kid learns a lesson and he comes back to me with his tail between his legs. Um, you know, the father drew his strength from knowing his that hit was he was good that his will for his son his intentions towards his son were always for blessing and and benevolence and he was not there just waiting or trying to teach his kid a lesson and when he came home um he didn't say well i hope you learned your lesson he didn't even bring up the subject Mm -hmm. what did he do 
He welcomed him. He ran to him. He was watching for him, and he ran to them mm-hmm. and, and just fell on his neck, embraced him. Yeah. And he said, you know, just basically so thankful that the son had come home, and mm-hmm. he wanted to create, you know, a celebration to right. welcome He gave him a ring. Home. He gave him a robe. He gave him shoes. He mm-hmm. restored his authority, Re- put him back in the, in the place of his rightful inheritance. He didn't say, well, take your tour in the bunkhouse now because we got to see if you're really repentant. We got to see if you really are meaning this. God, the father just, by grace, just totally open-armed, gave him that ring back, gave him that authority back, gave him a, a robe. The kid probably was all tattered and messed up and probably lost his shoes along the way. <clears throat> and so all these things was how God blessed him and didn't. it wasn't contingent upon the kid even saying, I'm sorry. <clears throat> the kid didn't even say, I'm sorry. He didn't. Well, he just he, came back. He, there was repentance in his heart. You know, one day he was in the pig pen and he wasn't even going to. Well, he came to himself is what he happened. He came to himself, yeah. right. Mm-hmm. You know, and while he was in the pig pen, he came to himself and he realized, what am I doing here? Mm-hmm. I mean, I should be going back to my father's Where house. Where I had it good and true. And yeah. he loved me and, and, and it was so safe and this, dry there, and there was a footy. Repen- there was a repentance in his heart. Well, and, that and came. the father mm-hmm. saw reco- that. recognized that. Well, the repentance came in the walk back. He left, he right. came to himself, he got up, and he said, well, I'll be happy just to go gonna, back. And I'm going to go back, and I'm going to confess and say to my father, I have sinned. We, he never got the confession. He said, I'm not worthy yeah. to be called your son. Mm-hmm. Make me as one of your, your hired. hired servants. He thought so that, that, heart, that yeah. was his plan. Repentance. Yeah. But the father saw him. He didn't need the son that. didn't even have to explain mm-hmm. it. The father didn't need that either. He, he The relationship he was it. still there. Yeah. So in, in bottom line of this whole thing is God is not here to try to destroy you or discourage us or alienate us from himself or to teach us a lesson through hardships and sickness. This is not what he, uh, that is what he does. This is what the liar does. And we believe the lies. Well, no, what about, there's a concept some have that sickness, infirmity, disease, problems, it's all part of my cross to bear for the Lord. Well, how isn't you, that sound how you, holy? How do you address that? Well, it's what do you want? You want to, to live for God. You want to have a holy life. So Satan baits the hook and says, here's how you live a holy life. You suffer and carry this, carry this cross of sickness, infirmity, and then you're going to be holy. You know what? Just think about your own life. Do you want your child sick? Does your child being sick and, and in pain and carrying this bring honor to you? Does that bring pleasure to your life mm-hmm. as a parent? No. So the same thing is true of God, but God has been lied about and Satan has baited the hook and says, here, take your cross. So we are, we're believing <clears throat> that this cross is a, is a thing from God to teach us a lesson to make us more holy. You know what? Sickness and disease is not in heaven. Sickness and disease is a curse. It's yes. talked about in Deuteronomy. It's straight out a curse. It comes from hell and it's not in heaven. And when Jesus came down here, he got rid of it. He didn't even ask them, How you, how's your church attendance? Well, let me check your record here. You know, have you been going to the center? Have you been he, tithing? Yeah, he just healed them. And some of them had bad attitudes, especially the guy 38 years sitting by the pool there. You know, he went back and tattled on Jesus. Okay, so the thing is, uh, Jesus wasn't, trying to look for their behavior, good works, to give them a, okay, you deserve it now. Oh, you've suffered enough now. This is all human reasoning and mingled with demonic judgments. 
what you said there too is that healing is undeserved. It's, it's a, a blessing. Gift. It's a gift. Mm -hmm. It's a blessing. It's undeserved because some of the, you know, most wicked people get healed. Get healed yeah, because right. God is because God well, is good. Well, God is good, and the devil doesn't make them. You know, the devil gives demonic blessings too to keep encouraging these people in their lies to go on. But the enemy um, has taught us to believe the counterfeit gospel, the, the lies about the God of heaven and earth, to believe that he is he is a tentative, he's bipolar, he's sometimes good, most of the time mad. So the lie that we believe is that we have to earn and be good to get something from God. But healing is a gift. Salvation is a gift. Grace is a gift. De deliverance is a gift. You can't earn them. They're given. That's what a gift is. A gift is something you cannot earn. It's given because why? Because the giver loves you. The giver mm -hmm. wants to bless you, mm -hmm. you know. And what we need to do is receive the gift and start, stop thinking, oh, well, wait, I, I still feel guilty. I still have this sin. You know what? Confess your sin. If you think of a sin, if God, if God or Satan, whoever, put an idea in your mind that you have sinned and it's because this, this, and this, that you... um basically the reason you don't get we don't get healed is because we're believing lies and sin is this the devil says you don't have a right to be healed you got to get rid of this it's all your fault and so a lot of people can't get healed because they that the message of healing is filtered through a oh it's my fault you're saying i'm not i'm i'm sick i'm not healed because it's my fault because i sinned no that's a perversion of the message the message is you need healing god wants to give you healing and the devil is telling you you can't have that healing until you're perfect and uh it gets down to the question of whose report will we believe amen you know if you have a medical diagnosis for example you know this is you know, you have this, you have cancer, you have uh, whatever it is. So, yeah, that might, according to the medical community, there can be a diagnosis or can there you know, can be but, a differences of opinion depending on which doctor you talk to. But the yes. diagnosis, are we going to accept the diagnosis? Mm -hmm. or, or whose report are we going to believe, yeah, like you said? Well, that's what I'm saying. I mean, is it is it denial if the doctor says, you know, you have a tumor right here, are you going to just deny the fact that you have the tumor uh, in in faith, quote, unquote, or are you just going to say, you know, okay, I have this, I have this tumor, it's here, and I'm believing the Lord to bring healing to well, me. Well, you know, that here, here it gets to be complicated and confusing again because, okay, so God has given us gifts. One of the gifts is doctors, and some surgeries are gifts. Obviously, uh, some mm -hmm. of you are alive because you had a surgery right. uh, that delivered you from something, took something out of you more than likely that didn't belong there, or patched something together. And, and you know, so God can heal us through doctors. We're not saying don't ever go to the doctor. But what we're saying is God's methods are different in different ways. But mm -hmm. if, you know, we need to know that God is the author of the healing. God is the author of the recovery. God has created our bodies to heal themselves yes. if we will give them the right give things. Give them what they need. Give them the right, <clears throat> the food, the right nutrition, the right so, spiritual There are contingencies. There are contingencies. It's not like, oh, you can just live and eat and drink and do whatever and you have no consequences. Um, that's not the case. But the enemy has used all this to make us to believe, oh, you know, um, that, you know, this, this world in where we live in this world, this kingdom, Satan's kingdom is based on the principles of conditional love, responsibility, 
deserving, striving, comparing, analyzing, competing, judging, um, and based uh, judging based on beauty and skills and intelligence, um, always having to earn our positions, our promotions, our rewards. In this world, success is defined and measured by the amount of money that you have or the good fortune that you're able to accumulate and that in this game of life. That's not what God says in Hebrews chapter 12. Some of the people were eaten by the lion, some were delivered from the lion. So the faith, the outcome of your faith is God's problem. God gets to determine the outcome and he gives you strength to be eaten by the lion or he gives you strength to be delivered from the lion. You know, but this, at the same time, it's because God is working around Satan's, in you know, his uh, Satan's designs, plans to kill us. Well, let's let's. <clears throat> you mentioned about faith, okay? You know, there are many that say, well, you have to have a certain level of faith in order to be healed. So mm-hmm. it gets to be, well, how do you how do you faith yourself? You know, uh, I mean, you know, it's like well, that's a lie. It's just well, uh, being all flat out. A stupid lie, but, you know, because people, well, you didn't have enough faith. That's why you didn't get healed. And, you know, it's, you know, it's not my faith that heals me. It's the faith of Jesus Christ and me asking him to heal me and use his faith to do it. Because look at some of these guys that he healed. They didn't have any faith at all. Lazarus had no faith. And Mary and Martha were just really dead. stumbling in their faith at that moment. Yeah. And so it's, don't buy into, I don't have enough faith. It's my fault. Again, I should have been more, have more faith. I should have read my Bible. I should have, should have, should have. You know, Jesus so has mercy not, on the sinner. Right. And your, your healing or anything else is not based on your buildup your, of your faith account. Yeah. Sometimes we th- look, it's faith is like a savings account. So we want to build it up. You know, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. We, we grow in faith, certainly. Mm-hmm. We're, we're called to grow in faith. But is it, it's not just a matter it, of having some pent-up mm-hmm. faith and then all of a sudden, okay, here comes the so healing. That makes You've it got enough faith again. now. Your faith, your faith uh, glass is, is, is full now. So and we can so heal you. So now I can heal you. Yeah. So this is another way of tw- twisting around works. Yeah. I have to have enough faith. I have to work harder to get more faith. Um, if you notice, Jerry, can you read that story in um, Luke, one of my favorite healings? Well, first of all, read this passage in Matthew where we were looking at a few minutes ago. Matthew 9, I think it's 35. Um, just to make the record straight about what Jesus was down here to do and why he did what he did. Well, Matthew chapter uh, 9, beginning with verse 35. And Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing Mm -hmm. every sickness and every disease among the people. Read the next verse also. When he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion Compassion. for them Mm -hmm. because they were weary and scattered like sheep having no shepherd. What does that tell you about God? He's the express image of God. He healed everybody. He loved compassion and because they were like sheep, scattered, broken, driven, beaten by the gods of this world. He, he saw them not as like, oh, these are mighty enough for me to heal them. He says, no, they're, they're in such bad shape. I got to heal them. <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I, I'm going to do something to help them out of, out of my heart of compassion. And then he says... Um, he said to his disciples, the harvest truly is plentiful, but the labors are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out labors into his harvest. And then you look at 
just the next verse of Matthew chapter 10, verse 1. And when he had called his 12 disciples to him, yeah. he gave them power over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all kinds of sicknesses and all kinds of diseases. Now, he, he's given them this uh, power or this authority mm-hmm. to do this. Mm-hmm. Um, unclean spirits, to cast them out. Sickness, well, unclean spirits, and we can mm-hmm. look about at that a little later. Unclean spirits, demon spirits, mess with their bodies, mess with their bodies, mm-hmm. and they can be, you know, uh, bring about sickness. infections, when you get the spirits, When you yep. get the spirits out, mm-hmm. the healing comes. Mm-hmm. But then he says, um, uh, to heal all kinds of sicknesses and all kinds of diseases. Now, some would say, well, that was just for the 12 apostles. Well, you know, it's for us, too, because he get in yeah. 10, Matthew 10, he says, I give you power, or Luke, also 9 and 10, um, but to power to uh, heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons, freely receive, freely give. That's yes. the job list from Matthew chapter 10. To his disciples and, his, and those who followed him and to those who are far off. That would be us. Let, let me <clears> say <throat> this to answer that question. Why would the Lord say, okay, you can heal, you, know, you guys can heal as long as you're alive, and after that, everybody's on their own. Yeah, what a dumb idea. I mean, idea. it's, it's, dumb like, idea, it's people. like some people say that the gifts of the Spirit are, with, are gone. Are gone, yeah. because once the Scriptures were completed, then we don't need these gifts anymore. Well, it's like, okay, so we're in the last days, the last of the last of the last days, where mm-hmm. wickedness is, is just tsunamiing. Yeah, it's a tsunami <laughs> of evil. And then God said, well, you know, too bad, uh, I gave up. You know, you're kind of on your own now because mm-hmm. when the apostles died, the last apostle died, that means there's no more healing. Uh, and there's You're out of luck. Yeah. You're just born out of time. You, you just, you know, you weren't in the right era. But you know, the thing is, all this is hocus pocus bogey, bogus because everybody's trying to make an excuse for why people aren't healed. Don't have enough faith, you know, um, you know, it, it's not for today. Um, you know, um, it's your cost to bear. To bear. Yeah. All of these are just lies. Okay. Um, so here's another thing to think about in the next t- couple of seconds. So if God is so evil that he's got to teach us all these lessons and and uh, you know correct us and bring all this affliction upon us and yet truly he is the 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 father of the prodigal why and how could god demand of us the things he would not require of himself to love our enemies forgive he tells you pray bless one another uh love pray for those who curse you and bless those who spitefully use you how could he command us to to love and forgive our neighbor and, it, and how could that be true and valid if God himself is acting contrary, contrary. to that? Mm-hmm. Um, if he's vindictive and selfish and unloving, how would he not be a hypocrite? How would that not make him two-faced, double-minded? Um, uh, how can you work with somebody like that? We know we can't. Hypocrites and liars, can't, they, you can't deal with them because they, they change and they move and they sh- switch the rules, etc. Well, the thing is, here, here's this is why a lot of people get turned off about their their idea of God, that he sw- he can be compassionate one moment and he's just mad, mad. Well, you can't. Mad at you, you know where he's next. at. He's gonna 
He's going to forgive you so, at one point, and then he's going to slap you the next minute. So, so this is why people are sick, because they don't know the goodness of God, the stability mm-hmm. of God, the compassion of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. I think of the time he called the woman. Uh, she was in the crowd, obviously, in, in Luke chapter 13, where he saw her bowed down for 18 years. And, and nobody knew that. He had no way of knowing that necessarily. Uh, but she was held with us by a spirit of infirmity for 18 years, it says, um, and bent over and it could weigh, could in no way help herself. There wasn't any physical therapy. There wasn't any anything, uh, surgeries, back surgeries, anything that could help her out or they didn't have it back in those days. And so when Jesus saw, her, he called her to himself and he said, woman, you are loose from your infirmity. Done deal. No questions asked. Are you good enough to deserve this? Then when they started getting after him because he had healed her and called her out to do this on the Sabbath, um, the Lord answered them in verse 15 and said, you hypocrites, does not each one of you on the Sabbath loose his ox or his donkey from the stall and lead it out to water it? Ought not this woman being the daughter of Abraham whom Satan has bound? Look at it. Listen, think of it. Satan has bound her. Think of it for 18 years, not be loosed on the Sabbath. He's saying Satan has done this, spirit of infirmity, I'm loosing her, I have a right to do this, um, and what are you doing finding, challenging this healing, this woman, she's suffered 18 years, not another day, this is enough. And listen, some of you that are listening to this right now, you are being healed by the revelation of Jesus Christ right now as we speak because you're understanding this healing doesn't demand or require things of you. It requires one thing, and that is that you receive the gift through the love of God. Healing comes through the love of God. Truth sets us free. Healing or love brings healing. And God is not treacherous. He's not here to hurt you. God does not get glory when we're sick. Bottom line, um, the biggest obstacles to healing then are, number one, our concept of God. Um, and secondly, um, uh, those out of that comes, are we worthy? Do we deserve it? Is he teaching us a lesson? Is he testing us? Um, uh, how do we, we have to figure out how to act, what to do to get God happy, to get this healing going. But the answers to those questions, Jesus already is our righteousness. He has made us worthy through his blood, his righteousness. He saved us. He has compassion on us. He wants us well. He wants us to bring glory to the Father by being well, not by being sick and trying to get through it. I'm not putting heavy duty you're wrong kind of judgments upon people who are sick and trying to get through it. I'm saying God, yes, God is gracious. He gives grace to the people who are sick. He gives encouragement. He walks with us through our afflictions. Yes, he does. Why does he do that? To teach us that he's with us, to teach us he loves us, to teach us he'll never leave us or forsake us, to teach us more about his goodness. But ultimately that training time needs to go away and you need to be back to healed. You need to be back to walking in in, an upright position and, and knowing that you're loved by God. So these sicknesses are what God, God's opportunities actually to declare and prove his goodness to us. And the devil's using it for the opposite, to declare that God is not good and doesn't care. That's why healing is such a controversial subject because it it's, puts God on the line. It puts the devil on the line. And, and a lot of us, um, we've been caught on that, that, uh, that in that controversy. So <clears throat> we're caught on the, on that, uh, blade of of uh, confusion, you know, and it's cut us up and separate us from the love of God, because ultimately the, the test, Satan is trying to test 
God and in doing that he's testing us to see if he can pull us away from God so really the sickness that God is permitted because Satan says I have a right because they believe the lie or I have a right because I don't believe they really love you or I have a right because I'm going to prove to you that they're not genuine in their love for you so all these things that Satan is doing to test our love and, and God's faithfulness are to prove that God is wrong and that he's ineffective and impotent and can't heal us and to get us discouraged and separated from the love of God. So in all of your afflictions, don't be separated from the love of God. He, he has put forth the truth. Jesus is the truth. Healing is a gift. It's in him. Um, we already know this truth in our spirits, uh, that God is willing. God is able. Um, healing is for his glory. So if you want the glory of God to come into your life, then agree with God completely and say, okay, God, I know I've suffered. I walked through this. You've been faithful. You've kept me for these years of difficulty and, and worrying and, and anxiety and pain. And we're not downplaying or discounting any of that. There's all, there's merit because God redeems everything. He redeems your tears. He redeems your lonely nights. He redeems our suffering, our pain. He redeems it all for the good for us to bring forth uh, blessings and honor and, and, and a reward. But he is not willing that any should perish. He Healing is does bring glory to God. So if you want God's full glory, say, okay, God, this body belongs to you. I don't want to believe lies anymore. You do what you need to do. I receive your blessing. I receive your healing. Father, right now we receive the healings that you so desire to impart to the people who are listening. We we bind the powers of resistance, the mountain range of of accusations and condemnations and doubt and fear and unbelief and guilt and shame and feelings of guilt that Satan has built. And we speak to the mountain, as you said to do, we speak to those mountains of lies that have held us hostage to uh, this judgment, this sickness from the devil. And we rebuke it, Father God. We rebuke the infirmity. We rebuke the pain. We rebuke the doubt. We rebuke the lie who said it's never going to change. I rebuke you. And we rebuke uh, and bind those symptoms that keep saying, oh, oh, it really didn't work. Oh, it's still here. Oh, it's come back. We rebuke those sign, smoke and mirrors lies that Satan keeps, keeps playing, those tricks he keeps playing on us to keep us in agreement with, oh, well, it's not quite yet or oh, it didn't quite happen. Or No, Lord Jesus, cut through all of that garbage right now by the sword of your word and truth and set my brother's sister free. Free, freedom in Jesus' name from this infirmity. Yes, Lord. We thank you, Lord God, that this healing power that you have, Lord, is released now into those that are listening. Right now, yes, in the Father. name of Jesus, we, agree. we release healing, the virtue, deliverance, revelation, of, revelation Jesus of the goodness of God yes. to my brother and my sister right now yes. in the name of Jesus. Be healed. Be healed for the glory uh, of God. Receive it. Amen. Receive it now. Amen. And the Lord is going to keep it for you. You don't have to try to do something now to how do I keep my healing? Just live. Just be. And so that's it. You know, um, we'll talk again about this in our next session as well because there's a lot of people who still have questions about why don't I get healed and why aren't I healed. Um, but for today, check out liferecovery.com and you can check out A Case for Healing. It's a book that talks about you know, how the body functions, um, how the body's created, how the body is hijacked by the enemy, the neurotransmitters, the chemicals, the functions. All of it has been hijacked by the enemy through lies we've believed. And there are, you know, there are places where we've come into an agreement with those lies, places we don't even really remember or understand, but the Lord knows where they were and Satan, how he's, Satan is using these things to bind us. So, 
Um, A Case for Healing. Check it out, liferecovery.com. I have an emergency. What is your location? Because there's a war for your soul.